0: This is the future of finance by Motive Labs.
1: Hello, and welcome again to the future of finance, the podcast where we live and breathe the next generation of financial technology. everyone. This is Peter Horowitz from Motive Labs. I'm here with Nigel Verdon from RailsBank. Nigel, thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation, Peter. And you gave a wonderful presentation this morning to our members regarding the problem that RailsBank is trying to address and the progress that you're making in the marketplace. So can you just share some of the initial headlines for our listeners? What problem set are you attacking
0: and, and how are you helping the, the members solve it? So sure. the key problem we're solving is being able to give product managers and developers easy access to global banking and the full stack of banking services. So not just the small PST2 piece of payment initiation and data access, it's to issuing cards, issuing IBANs, issuing accounts, receiving money, sending money by all different methods, collecting money, that's direct debits, converting money, which is foreign exchange, spending money and authorizing it on cards. And we will, in the future next year, going into credit as well, so credit distribution. So the big issue they face is Those are all normally different APIs from different services, from different banks. So you have an n-squared problem of trying to connect together. Each one adds more support, more integration, et cetera. So we solve that problem by having one super simple API. And we do all the heavy lifting in the background of integrating those services through one API. In the background, are you referring to the core banking platforms
1: that are going to still survive yep. into the future by the graces of Rails Bank's
0: effort? Yes, the core banking systems, uh, they work, surprisingly, because uh, uh, occasionally you get things in the press, like IBS, and you got TSB the other day, where there were issues. But primarily, they work and they do a very, very good job and it's uh, trying to change that is quite a difficult task. It's like changing the wheels in the car while you're driving, it's, it's high risk. So we help take product to market quickly and give breathing space to be able to change the core banking processes and systems as they progress, because that's a five, seven year project to move off those from a sensible size bank. Very small size bank, it's quite a simple task, but when you've got operations in five, 10, 15 countries, it becomes quite a migration aspect. So we do respect that the core banking systems will be there and be there for some time, but we also help customers come and connect fast and forget the are those old systems that you're trying to connect to. those speed issues you have. Uh, just an example, it took us nine months to connect up to a large US bank in the previous lives. And it took our customers to be able to build a neo-bank prototype five days. So it's a massive change of speed that you get by using our APIs that we've done that heavy lifting of the six, nine months beforehand.
1: Outstanding. One of the reasons to build the neobank, and of course, one of the reasons to add the APIs, of course, is attacking the awful spaghetti, if you will, of communications inside the legacy system. So with the APIs, you're defragmenting and, and opening up things that were siloed. The way you're attacking it, including compliance, seems unique. Why did you decide to include compliance as part of the platform as well? Because the banks usually have compliance as a separate set of features and
0: functions. Yeah, the compliance sort of came to the head after 9-11, uh, to be honest, uh, when they were starting to investigate a lot the proceeds of crime, to terrorism financing, et cetera. And it's got continually worse since 2008, 2007 as well with the credit crunch for more compliance to make sure that banks were doing the right thing with, uh, with capital held in, on balance sheets. So compliance was built and became important post the core banking platforms being deployed. Hence, it's been seller taped on. There's also the compliance officer, and this is no disrespect to them, has generally come from a legal background and not a digital background, and hence has a mindset of tick-boxing and legal as opposed to we can solve this in a digital, frictionless manner. So those are the two problems that uh, you have in compliance. We were sort of cognizant enough to realise that Banking and compliance have to work together, and hence we built compliance in right at the beginning to the banking platform, the RailsBank banking platform. So compliance can be run in real time, and you can take your policies and your compliance manual and embed them in our compliance firewall. So every transaction path, onboarding a customer, receiving money, sending money, collecting money, all those different typologies you do can be monitored in real time and controlled so it's core to the world now is compliance, and we can't operate without it.
1: Yeah. Initial reaction, of course, brilliant. Uh, I am um, having seen, as you described it, and it's, uh, you could use other words too, the taping on, the, the gluing on of these extra features and functions to comply is a problem in many, many dimensions, and it's awesome that you're attacking it. Uh, have any of your prospects or clients just use Rails Bank for compliance?
0: We've had a few, and we're in discussions with a few. They've seen us as a compliance monitoring, transaction monitoring platform, because we've also got a uh, bunch of machine learning that have been developed in the background too to spot topologies. So the, the short answer is yes. Have we made the decision to actually launch that as a product? We've had discussions internally on that.
1: Excellent. So switching back to banking products, I noticed from the list, from the presentation of what you were covering, all the different use cases and, and support for the different APIs that may come from the outside world, I didn't see anything referring to cash or checks as an example, these are legacy products that bury or, or create extra costs that tend to bury the legacy banks. The neobanks aren't touching them.
0: Is cash gonna go away and, and will Rails bank ever touch it? It's a very good question. Uh, cash will never go away. Because there's parts of society and parts of the world that are still based on the pure cash economies. So I think our sort of mission, our social mission, is to try and open up the world of technology and digital and cashless to cash-based societies. So we're working with a couple of partners at the moment to work out how can we have cash in and cash out to be able to offer those services in a compliant way. As you can probably guess, cash is the highest risk input So it's easy to do digital and digital in because the bank's already done. Somebody else has done reliance on the KYC, etc. But cash-in is a high-risk thing. So we're working on looking at controls how we can make that happen because we want to be able to, say, offer digital services to people in the cash economy to bring them into the digital economy. And why is that important? Because, for example, somebody who's unbanked even in the UK, where there's 8 million people unbanked, if they pay for the direct debit from bank account, there's a 15% reduction. But because they can't get banked, and this is a perfectly normal person, they're paying more. So parts of society should be paying less are actually being penalized because they can't get easy access to banking. Sure. So jumping
1: to the other end of the spectrum, cryptocurrency. First of all, does Rails Bank support crypto now? And if not, do you intend to do it in the future?
0: We don't support it now at the moment the discussion is getting partner banks comfortable with cryptocurrency because we sit on top of partner banks and we have two partner banks who are open minded to crypto and what we're looking at is how do you put the transaction monitoring controls around crypto or more digital assets in in general so you, you remove the essentially the compliance fear by exposing this is the, the data, this is the traceability of this coin. If it's anonymous, then it gets blocked. So putting those and working those controls so we can do cryptocurrencies. And the reason is because our ledgers are essentially agnostic of the actual what's held in them. So we have basically uh, currency ledgers that you hold Australian dollar, we have commodity ledgers that actually hold gold. So with models, the way we do gold and gold in and out and spending gold on the platform, it's the same way as a cryptocurrency, you just collect up the blockchain or whatever digital asset management system you're using with our ledgers.
1: That was going to be my next question. And so it's clear you made a decision to treat crypto as a commodity-like thing rather than a currency-like thing. Is that driven by your analysis of regulatory point of view, or is it driven by
0: just your opinion of crypto? Or no, it's, it's more driven from? by the, the tech side, <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> and we view a currency as a physical currency. Commodity would be gold, crypto, so digital asset, will be another asset class as opposed to a non-currency. So a digital asset class could also be a reward point is a digital asset. A cryptocurrency is a digital asset. So we look at it as a digital asset, it's just the way we, we classify things.
1: So this leads right into, again, back to your list of the features and functions, something that's not there, but maybe it's there in the future, and that's what we'll call wealth management. Investing in securities and mutual funds, ETFs, USITs, is that on the horizon for Rails
0: Bank? We get asked that many times and say, which area, if we're focusing on the core transaction banking services day one. Credit will be the next piece we're we're looking at. Insurance is on our list because we're getting prospects coming in saying, can I do these sort of cross banking products and insurance products as well? So that's where we're really focused at the moment. The wealth management piece, we've been asked and it's been asked of us and we've said no because we've got to maintain focus at the moment. Sure, makes sense. So a completely
1: different dimension. You're growing fintech. I'm sure you're constantly looking for talent. So talking to the younger people, perhaps in our audience, who are either in university or out of university, beginning to plot their careers or lay the foundation for their careers, what types of skills is Rails Bank looking for from that group of
0: people, and where do you need them? The skills we need engineers who think. The two combining together. So having a computer science degree is interesting, but it hasn't taught you the skills to really think as an engineer. There's, for example, a business called the School of Code based over in Birmingham, where they teach you to be a commercial engineer as opposed to theoretical. So we're looking for really commercial people who really think through problems and how problems don't need to be over-engineered and they need to be solved. And you can realise you can solve a problem without it being perfect. That's what we're looking for. So I was an engineer at university and did masters and as well. If you think engineer versus physicist, physicists, when you look at the engineers, we just made things up to get them to fit the real world. (laughs) Physicists are very pure at their thinking and also intellectually incredibly smart. So we're we're looking for sort of engineers who know that has to work, has to work well, and to be well-engineered, but sometimes it's not absolutely perfect.
1: Fantastic. Um, In your presentation, back to skills, you talked about product Managers and product developers—is that whether your thinking engineers include that skill, or is that a different cluster that you're looking for? Well,
0: product management is another skill which uh, often gets confused with project management, because product guys, which is a difficult skill to hire, because you've generally got to have experience to go into that that role, and generally, US is a great source because Europe isn't a great uh, breeding ground for product managers. Product managers who know how to deal with compliance, who know how to deal with legal, have to deal with marketing, have to deal with pricing, have to deal with the engineering pieces, is that sort of cat juggler of getting stuff to market and keeping everybody organized along the the product pipe is a skill we also look for. We're hiring one at the moment, but it's taken us six months to find somebody that we really feel comfortable with
1: excellent well your presentation this morning was outstanding thank Uh, you it seems clear that you're you're off to the races in terms of growth and look forward to staying in touch and seeing all the success that, that comes to rails bank thank you so much for taking time thank you peter that's very very kind of you thank you for your time and insights and thank you very much for tuning in i'm sam see you next time